With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back into our back office on Talk Shoe and see if we can bring up um, Brother Carl. I mean, Brother Mark Kennedy. Brother Carl can't be with us tonight. Um, and then also, I'm hoping that um, Sister Babs can join us on Talk Shoe as well since we have been unable to broadcast simultaneously on um, both YouTube and Facebook at the same time without losing Facebook. So it's just been a glitch we've been experiencing, um, part of technology, I guess part of living up in the in the woods. <laughs> anyway, Brother Mark is already with us over on the... Um, good evening, Brother Mark. Hi, Brother Larry. God bless you. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Very um, good. Good. Yeah, I, uh, I left a comment in the comments that I would like announced. Please, Brother Larry, if you could. Okay, yes. Happy Mother's Day, Sister Rosette. God bless you. Okay. So, Sister Rosette, she's not one to... Uh, she doesn't like to uh, celebrate holidays too much, and you know I was oh. seeing a thing on I was seeing a thing on Mother's Day today by the it was actually first recognized in 1914, uh-huh. and the person that convinced the president of the United States to rec- start recognizing mothers and make it a national holiday, uh-huh. um, or at least recognize it. She uh, after about five years. She, there's an article on today, and it says that it mentions her name, and she's the one that came up with the idea for Mother's Day. And she said she she came to abhor Mother's Day <laughs> because of all the commercial all the commercialism associated with it. Uh, she right. said it wasn't wasn't anything close to what my original intent was for the holiday, right. and she said I I came to really highly dislike it, but. Uh, I think it's good to honor mothers. We're to, we're told to honor our fathers and mothers as much as we can. That doesn't mean we go along with them if they're teaching false doctrine or whatever. But um, right, um, right. Yeah, I, I think it's good to honor our parents, and um, I honor both my mother and father for being. Uh, um, my mother was a great housekeeper and a and a great cook, and a, my dad was a great provider. You know, and so I honor them for that. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, this evening I want to um, I want to uh, talk a little bit before we actually get into scripture tonight, if it's okay, Brother Mark. Um, sure, absolutely. I, uh, I wanted to. Um, I have I've had something kind of on my mind, and uh, I don't really know even how to go about. Uh-huh. Uh, addressing it or even talking about it. Uh-huh. Um, this is the first. <clears throat> this is the first. 
this is the first Mother's Day that I have, my, my mother has, you know, passed on, so she's no longer with us. But um, I wanted to talk tonight about something that uh, I don't know if our audience has actually thought about this, but, you know, how we were raised, the way we were brought up in our families, <coughs> God, God ordained all of that. God ordained who our parents would be. Yes, that's God right. God ordained where we, we would be born. I I was not born in the hospital. I was born at home, okay? And my mother, she almost died having me. They thought she was going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, I can remember from the very earliest days that I do remember, which was probably around four years old, um, mm-hmm. the... Um, I don't even know how to say it, but the churches that we attended mm-hmm. had a had a very big impact on me. I and, and I would I would say also that would probably be across the board with everyone listening tonight. If, if you were brought up as a child and you were taken to a you know a certain kind of a church, whatever it might have been, whether it was. Uh, a Roman Catholic Church, an Episcopal Church, a United Methodist Church, a Church of the Nazarene, a Southern Baptist Church, uh, Assemblies of God, the Full Gospel, uh, Church of God in Christ. It, it doesn't, you know, what I'm saying is each one of those, <clears throat> Presbyterian, every one of those churches had a distinctive, distinctive doctrinal teaching that... Uh, Brother, yeah, brother yeah. Ashley is with us. I would like to say Brother Ashley is with us. Continue, oh, okay, brother. good. Yes, Brother Ashley, I'm glad to see you there. I didn't see you. Uh, you were at the very top of the screen. And also uh, Jess Willard Langford and Gary Shepard. Uh, so thank, thank you all as well uh, for joining us. Yeah, but anyway... Uh, we all have had our experiences in these different religious um, denominations, if you want to call it that, and it kind of um, shaped our thinking. It kind of shaped what we what we thought about the world, what we believed, and yes. uh, you know, and then. Later on in life, for me, I don't know about for other people, but it was around 37 years old for me. Um, I, be, you know, the Holy Spirit of God began to reveal things to me mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of different ways through other people, uh, through other books that I began to read. I've mentioned Arthur Pink's Sovereignty of God, uh, through other people questioning me as to what I believed. Right. And the Holy Spirit of God began to reveal to me that <clears throat> a lot of what I had been taught just did not um, just did not hold up uh, against the Bible. Okay, just it just didn't hold up. And so <clears throat> when that happened, it caused a great uh, I don't even know how to say it, but it it, it caused much spiritual cognitive dissonance, okay, because 
For my whole life I was trained one way, and now the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the Bible were revealing something totally in opposition to it. And so <clears throat> when that happened, uh, it caused a lot of things. One is it caused separation. It caused separation from my family. And that was very that was very that was very painful. Yeah. Uh, to never no longer have the approval or the acceptance of my family. During that and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up here in a minute, but I wanted to just kinda <clears throat> kinda set forth a little bit of what goes on in every one of our lives, I believe. Um yeah. at that same at that same time when all of that was going on I was also in a battle for my life over my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been fired, been fired from the state of Missouri for refusing to uh, license homosexuals as foster parents and place children with homosexuals. At the same right. time, I, uh, we were fighting for the very life of my son. So my son had been diagnosed with a brain disease. So we were being hit at all angles, okay? I mean all yeah. angles. And looking back on that, I see that God's providential hand brought all of these things into fruition pretty much at the same time as a way of getting my attention. Okay? Right. Uh-huh. Showing me his showing me his sovereignty, of showing me his absolute control over these things. And so uh did did uh over time, uh, there was some um, gr- there was some healing that took place uh, from you know, but still to this very day, uh, uh-huh. it's, it's never been the same. It's never been the same with my natural family, and the uh-huh. same thing with Ros- the same thing with Rosette's family. We have never had the same relationship. In fact. Um, the last family reunion we went to my my mother-in-law's she said she let it out of the bag you know Larry and Rosette Larry they're just not the same people they used to be right well she, right. she she said they don't believe what they used to believe and that's right we don't we don't believe what we used to believe and she mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at the end of that or sort of getting toward the end of that family reunion, she actually told us that we were going to need to leave, <laughs> okay? She asked us to leave, okay? Because wow. what happens is when you have that kind of disparity between those who uphold the sovereignty of God in all things and those who uphold the sovereignty of man over God in all things, right. uh, they just... You just don't mix at all. And so I wanted us to think about that this tonight. Uh, I have, A lot of people say, well, I have a lot of Armenian friends. I have a lot of people that believe the free will, you know. I had an Armenian preacher tell me one time, the only difference in you and me is you drive a Chevy and I drive a Ford, <laughs> okay? And I said, no, that's not the only difference, okay? I said, what you believe and what I believe are at opposite end of the spectrum as far as the Bible's concerned. Of course, this was in a hospital, and my mom got all upset because I was actually contending with her pastor. But 
<clears throat> um, anyway, t tonight I wanted to say that, you know, Brother Carl said something this morning that I totally agree with what he said, and I want to restate it um, mm -hmm. for the record the record because um, it's where I stand. I know it's where, the, where Mark, Brother Mark Kennedy stands. Yeah. And that is that uh, if the hand of God were removed from any of us wow. and we would be of all men mo and women most miserable. You know? Yes. Right. One of the aspects of God's people is that God has his restraining handle on them over evil. Yes, and that's right. He, he preserves us even when we sin, okay? Even when we, even when we falter and fail him. I think of David and Bathsheba, okay? Uh, David said, prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, okay? Amen. David David realized that, you know, and remember how he fasted all night for his child? And mm -hmm. when his child got up, he washed his face and went and ate, and they couldn't believe it. They said, why is this? How is this? He yeah, fasted yeah. all night. Then when your child dies, you get up and eat. And he says, well, I was, I was hoping that God might have mercy and save the child. But he says, right. now, he says, the child's not going to come to me. I'll go to the child. <laughs> okay. That's he crazy. recognized the sovereignty of God in this situation. Now, it's interesting that that first child died. The second child that he had by Bathsheba was Solomon. And if you go back and read um, the passage after Solomon was born, there's a passage mm -hmm. that says, and God loved Solomon. God loved Solomon. Mm-hmm. And yes. you know, uh, even though in his latter life Solomon departed uh, as far as, you know, he, he got into idol worship because he got drawn away of all of his wives and everything and and yes. he started worshiping gods and everything else. Mm -hmm. But I do not question I don't question one moment that Solomon was an elect child of God because Scripture tells us that God loved him. Okay, yes. and so you, if God loves someone, regardless of all of their waywardness, I'm not condoning sin. I'm not. I'm. Don't get me wrong, but what uh -huh. I'm saying is that in the midst of all of our sin and our our waywardness and our fleshiness and all of that, God uh -huh. has loved with an everlasting love. Yes. And so that's really what I, I had on my mind tonight. I'm going to now pause, and I want to get any remarks that Mark Kennedy would have, and I want to make sure, uh, yeah, I was going to see if Brother Chris Dern might have joined us uh, over on um, uh, talk show. He hasn't. I'll, I'll keep monitoring that and make sure if he does that we'll, We'll try to bring him in. What are your thoughts on this, Brother Mark? Well, we haven't looked at any scripture yet, have we? No, we are going to, though. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, 
I think I think it is exactly right that if God was to remove his Holy Spirit, like David prayed, that the Lord would not remove his Holy Spirit from him. So I think that's exactly right, that we need the sovereign will of Jehovah on us all the time, 24-7. That's exactly right. And there is a proverb uh there's a proverb that says it that what is man uh if you if Jehovah stopped thinking of man his spirit would return and man would go to the dust. There's a proverb something to that effect that if God yeah. were to withdraw his spirit all flesh would return to the dust including yes. animals, including man, in, you know, everything, everything. Even the insects, I think, that means everything to me. And so yes. that is the dependence that we have, you know, that every day, every day that we're, every day that we live is a day that is ordained in his sovereign will. Every breath that we take, every heartbeat of our heart is something that is in his sovereign will. If if it happens in this realm, it's in his sovereign will. Not that this realm takes precedence, but that Jehovah's sovereign will is what takes precedence over this realm and what is ordained in Jehovah's sovereign will is what takes place in this realm, in history. Like you mentioned last time about human history is his story. So human history, and that's exactly right. Human history is his story. Praise God, brothers. Well, I want tonight, and we've looked at this before, But I want tonight to, um, this is a short chapter, but I want to read through it again. It's the 51st Psalm. And uh-huh. again, this is this is the account, of course, of David after uh-huh. he, uh, Nathan the prophet came to him regarding Bathsheba. There's so much revealed mm-hmm. to us in after. And I think that it's, also something that we should pray on a daily basis okay uh-huh. uh, that God uh, we'll, we'll get into this as we read through this uh, brother Mark if you would uh, there's there's 19 verses here I'll have you read the first uh, 10 verses and then I'll have Mark Phillips read a few verses and I'll, I'll read the final few verses of, of the chapter um, but if you brother Mark Kennedy could start with the first ten verses and then make any any comments that you might have about this. Sounds good, brother. Sounds good. Okay, Psalm fifty-one, right, brother? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Psalm fifty-one in the authorized King James version. Psalm fifty-one to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. In other words, after his guilt, 
this is when his guilt was still upon him, I guess, is what's happening here. This is interesting. So this is right yeah. after he done the deed. Okay. Okay, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou might be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Uh, verse 5, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Verse 6, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may, be, may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. And verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Okay. All right. Guilty David. Guilty, guilty right after he'd done the deed and the guilt is at his maximum most unbearable right after you right after you that right after the sin has been done that's when the guilt pounces on you that's when satan knows to pounce on you with guilt <laughs> and for the elect for for the reprobate there is no satisfying answer to that situation but for the elect of god we can we run we run to abba father and say have mercy on me just like david is doing here in verse one right after he's done the deed when the guilt is at its most unbearable on him he runs to the father and says have mercy upon me O god according to that loving kindness according to not just thy tender mercies, but the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. In other words, David, is, David ain't taking no chances here. He, he's leaving no stone unturned, not just to thy tender mercies, but to the multitude of thy tender mercies, he says here. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I, I acknowledge my transgression. That's what David is doing here. I did it. I did it. I'm guilty. I admit it. You know, there's no, yes. no use trying to evade the issue. You know, it's futile. Just admit it. It'll, it'll be, you know, the sooner you, in, in a matter like this, the sooner... You admit it, then the sooner that God can get to reconciling with grace and everything. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like three. David is being very smart and getting to it pretty quickly here. And then here he clarifies it against whom he's done this wrong. 
against thee only, referring to Jehovah, of course, have I sinned and done this evil in their sight that thou mightst be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And here's and here David in a, in a moment of uh, singular clarity here gets to the root of the issue here when he identifies where this comes from. You know, I was shaped in iniquity in my mother's womb. Did thou conceive me in iniquity? I was conceived from from that means before the moment of physical birth into the world. That means that means when that first cell division starts happening, it's got the taint of original sin on it from that very first cell division. And this is this is my belief, you know, that 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 life is sacred and that that is when the imprint of Jehovah is on that life from the very first cell division to be scientific, so to speak, you know. So, in other words, the life is from Jehovah from the beginning. So, David gets to the root of it right here in verse 5 and verse 6. And in verse 6, his insight continues. You. You, O Jehovah, desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And then in verse 7, he uses the the analogy of the cleansing and purging power of herbs and water and washing of the Lord, you know, to be similar. He says, purge me with hyssop, hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And then it's it, it goes with the hearing. You know, you hear it too. What does he say here in verse 8? Make me to hear joy and gladness. The redeemed of the Lord, when, you know, the elect saints of God are going to hear choirs of heavenly angels when we get to heaven. He says it right here. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. And he says, don't hide thy face from my sins. Or no, he says, hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities here in verse 9. And then in verse 10, David's classic spiritual plea, O God, create a clean heart in, in me and renew a right spirit within me. I think that that sounds like he's asking for the fullness of grace available from the Holy Spirit to me, brothers. Amen. What Amen. Oh, that's that's really good. Very well stated. And you know, <clears throat> notice in the first verse, mm-hmm. he asked he asked that God would have mercy on him according to the multitude of his tender mercies. Uh-huh. You know, and according to his loving kindness. And like we've often, if we got our just desserts on any one day, okay, I'm going to unmute unmute Brother Chris Sterner's mic here. 
Uh, welcome Hi, aboard, Chris. Glad to have you with us tonight, Chris. God bless you, Hi, brother. brothers. Hi, Larry. Thank you. You know, I could, just couldn't find the 605 number. God so bless you, brother. Hi. 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 Well, it's good to, good to have you with us, and we're just I'm working sorry, through. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I'm oh, late. That's all right. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark, and I'm a, hi, uh, Carl. God bless, God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Brother Carl is not with us tonight. He uh, He's at work, but... Um, but we're all the rest of us are here present and accounted for. We're working through the 51st chapter of Psalms tonight. Of course, that is, uh, Brother Mark has already read the first 10 verses and he's already talked about it. And I'm just kind of going back and talking a little bit about the first 10 verses. But, <clears throat> you know, this first verse says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According yeah. to my mercies, thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And, you know, if mm-hmm. any of us are just desserts on any one day, apart yeah. from the mercy of God, uh, we, would not, we would not be able to have any kind of communion at all with our Heavenly Father. That's um, right. But he is so full of mercy, undeserving That's- as we are. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. You know, it's amazing to me how a lot of people get uh, the life of David. They had this idea that, you Uh know, David's murder happened in a pre before he was a child of God, before he was a Christian. And this is uh-huh. the furthest thing through. And we can, yes. I can show, prove this. I'll prove this later in a, well, I'll just show it right now. I'm jumping ahead two verses, but uh-huh. notice part, part of David's prayer in chapter 12 yes. says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Yes. If you have, if you had never had salvation before, why would you why would you pray that God would restore it? <laughs> okay, that's right. And so, so this is absolute proof that this person who who committed premeditated murder of Uriah, he had him killed, yep. and that he he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Uh, yep. He was a Christian man. He was a saved man. He was. Yeah, uh, he had been a recipient of eternal. He had been a recipient of eternal life. He had been yeah. chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world. Man, I God. He, yeah, he had been predestinated unto adoption, and then he committed yeah. this horrible, horrible act. Yeah, and if all of if all of us were honest with ourselves and with our God and with our fellow man. We yep. would have to say every one of us are idolaters and adulterers and fornicators and murderers yep. after we've been after we have been called by God. I'm not you now I'm not putting my license on sin. I'm not 
presuming upon the grace of God, but what I am saying is we here we have an absolute example of David, yeah. the King David, who uh, who was a, anointed by God, who committed this horrendous act. Yep. And uh, in verse 4, he says, Against thee, and only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. Mm-hmm. And then the Mark said, you know, uh, he realizes <laughs> that the reason that this happened wasn't because that he was born into a perfect world. It wasn't right. because he had the free will. It was because he was tainted by sin. In verse 5, he says, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. There it is. You know, by the way, that, that's a universal thing for all of, all of uh, the people in the world, including the reprobate and God's elect. We yeah, all we're... have been and conceived in sin. Yep. yep. And so then he says, um, I'm going to stop here in a second, and then I'll have Brother um, Chris make any comments he has about these first ten verses as well. But then he says, Behold, thou desirest truth in my inward parts, uh-huh. and in the hidden thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. David here is saying that the only way he's going to receive mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation with his God is uh-huh. if God does if God does the work. That's the That's only right. way. That's right. And then he says in verse nine, "Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities." And then create with me in me a clean heart of God. Renew. Again, there's that renew. He uses the word restore in verse 12 and renew in verse 10. If he had, in other words, he must have at one time (laughs) in his salvation salvation experience had a right spirit with God and had had communion with God before this sin. That's why he's asking for it to be renewed. So I'm going to turn it over to Brother Chris now. Uh, Chris, we're looking at verses 1 1 through 10 in Psalm 51. And uh, feel free to make any comments you would like to make on that passage, Brother. Well, thanks, brothers. Uh, Yeah, you pretty much uh, uh, nailed it. I think we sin. I don't, you know, I guess you could, he did premeditate. Uh, to murder uh, Uriah, who is his good friend, uh, yeah. all over a woman, and uh, but I think it just came on him so fast that I don't know much about the conspiracy that he contrived in his heart. But yeah, it was. I guess it was conspiracy. But when we we look at our own sins. You know, if if we if we know we're saved in Christ, God's given us evidence of our salvation. Uh, I think we tend to sin just kind of all of a sudden. I don't know if we're real, real uh, uh, conspirators in in what we fall to. Sometimes it can be the same old sin that'll dog you. You know, brothers? And... uh, 
Yeah. Now, I don't know if the Lord, I, I just don't want to presume on the graciousness of God to let me yeah. off the sin hook. Mm-hmm. But uh, he tends to do that either way, whether you've conspired or you just you just do it, you know, uh, without conspiring. And sin is sin, but God is gracious. So I, I just don't want to presume on God, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and do this. You know, a lot of things become, you know, out of habit. We just do it, and we, you know. Now, he was. He was a child of God. I pray we're all children of God, and and that mm-hmm. we trust the Lord, because that's our only, uh, that's our only uh, uh, backstop, is, is Christ Jesus, to forgive us. I think if we, you know, we sin every day, and I, I believe that if we didn't care, about mm-hmm. it, I don't think we'd be on this phone call. Right, I don't think right. we care about re- reading, opening the, the scriptures up, fellowshipping with like-minded brethren or what. But we all do have the same problem, and it can mm-hmm. even make you think that, gee, I'm not even saved. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But I, I do believe we're all in Christ, and uh, but I can't just... presume. I can't just go out and do adultery. You know, I yeah. can't go marry, for example, and, and uh, you know, someone that, you know, I'm able to get married because I've never been married. But, right. I, you know, someone that's already and has a living spouse, for example, that seems to be the example of the month. Yes. Uh, anyway, I just don't want to go out and, because uh, now I've, I've got her for the life. I don't think, yeah. I think... Uh, I think an adulterous uh, sin is going to, you know, there may be joy at the beginning and and fun and love and everything, but I think an adulterous marriage has a greater chance of failing than a, uh, huh? What what happens when it goes bad? Yep. Yeah, and and those adulterous marriages, which are basically most marriages today, because most people, yep. most adults have already been married. So they tend then, to get into these adulterous marriages, and they're presuming upon the Lord. They might know the precept, but they exactly. presume upon the Lord to forgive them, and maybe they're not in Christ. I don't know. I'm not saying I, that's the if-all or be-all of everything, uh, I, uh, adultery I, and an adulterous marriage. But, you uh, know, I could, if I could find a nice lady that's in Christ, that was never married, I could marry her. But uh, the cha- in this day and age, the chances of that are pretty slim and none. Like everybody's been a used limit, up, a, you know. I left the field there, buddy. <laughs> but the, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. You know, you're you're kind of, you're in the same situation, and uh, but yeah. you know, I think anyway. I tend to think people are problems and. We don't you know, look, alone's one thing, but but then to be in a in an adulterous marriage, I don't think God's going to bless that from the get go. Yeah, that is no good. To, that is not a solution to the problem. Yeah, that's that's not a solution. That's not an acceptable solution. That's right, brother. Anyway. Yeah. And I think I think I think a lot of times the sin. Uh, this is a good example. Uh, I can speak from my own personal experience. When I find myself in the midst of a sin, whatever it is, uh, uh-huh. oftentimes, oftentimes, if the God doesn't grant 
pretty much immediate repentance. Uh, yeah. We'll go de- go deeper into that sin, and often we'll try to, just like David did. David tried to hide his sin. Notice what he did. After yeah. he sinned against Bathsheba, then he brought Uriah back and told yep. him go down, basically go down and sleep with your wife. Is basically what he was saying. In other words. He got him. He got him drunk, and, and told him he ought to go home to be with his wife, hoping that he would sleep with his wife, and that would validate the pregnancy. Uh, okay. Right. That would cover his tracks, as it were. Uh, right. The problem is, Uriah, and I believe the Holy Spirit directed him not to do that, and yeah. so he didn't do. That. And so the next step, the only yeah. the only recourse David could see was, well, I'll just have to get rid of him. You That's know, and right. if I get rid of him, if I get That's rid of him, then that'll give me a justification to marry Bathsheba because he's dead. Yep. That's right. That's yeah. what they're thinking because he 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 didn't go home to his wife. He stayed in the king's house, and finally yeah. he David had finally David had to had to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was a loyal yeah. soldier uh, to David, uh-huh. and yet yeah. David. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how David could get out of this any other way, you know, except to spill his beans and say, hey, this is what I did. Please forgive me. God, forgive me. Uriah, forgive me. You know, yep. but, uh, yeah, that's not that's, your child, Uriah. That's probably that's, mine. And, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a that's rough one. 51 here, yeah, spilling his guts pretty much. We'll go, we're going to go ahead. Mark Phillips, I'm going to have Mark Phillips read. Um, yes, let's see, we've got 10 through 19, so I'm going to have Mark read 11 down through uh, 15, and then I'll read 15 through 19, and we'll all make comments about the last half of this chapter. Mark, uh, beginning with verse 11 through 15. Sounds good. Do it. Ask me not from my presence. And take not that Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach thy ways, and be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou desirest not in burnt, delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure, undesigned. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offering, and the whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. I'm going to just make a few comments, and I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark, and then I'll turn it over to Brother Chris. You know, this last half of 51 is quite quite uh, enlightening if we look at it, because, you know, David is very concerned in verse 11 about the fact that he's pleading with God not to take his Holy Spirit from him. Yeah. He said, you know, don't cast me away from your presence, and he says, restore unto me, that shows us that he had joy before he committed this act, these acts. He had joy in the Lord. Right. And he says, 
he recognizes once God restores him that this experience can be used to teach other people. You know, yeah. and that's what we're doing. We're actually using David's experience to teach other people, including ourselves, tonight. He says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto it. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. In other words, he's he's now saying, I have I have shed innocent blood. Deliver me from it. And then he says, um, for thou desirest not sacrifice. It's interesting here he realizes that until God reconciles him to himself, all the burnt offerings and sacrifice don't mean wit, okay? And, you know, it's just like uh, when we when we remember what Christ has done on the cross, there's a, a, a passage in Hebrews that says that um, without... Without the shed blood of Christ, there's there's no atonement. In other words, if we sin, you know, there's no remedy for sin if we if we go on in our unconfessed state. In other words, unless God brings us to repentance, there's no there's no remaining sacrifice for us. You know, the great thing is God always brings His elect to repentance. Okay, that's the wonderful news. But anyway, uh, that's what I had to say about that. I'm going to turn it now over to uh, Mark Phillips. Do you have any thoughts to say about this? I believe in what that scripture says. Okay, good. Uh, go ahead, Brother Mark Kennedy, and then we'll turn it over to Brother Chris. Okay, okay. Thank you, Brother Larry. That was very well said, by the way. Okay. Yeah, David. David's on his knees here, pleading. He's 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 down to the dirt on his knees, praying here. You know, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy holy spirit from me. You know, verse twelve. Restore the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. And then, uh, and then he's, and then he says what he's going to do when he's restored. You know, I'll teach sinners your ways, and they shall be converted unto thee. And then he gets, and then he gets into his, his, you know, another part of his sin where he has all the blood against him, all the all the murders that he did where he's asking God to deliver him from blood guiltiness here in verse 14. He says, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. This is, this is figurative language, you know. You know, when, when, when this is the universal human response here, when people have a load of guilt lifted on them, they feel like singing. That's what it says in literature and great writings of humans and stuff like that, you know, that whenever whenever a load of blood guilt is, is lifted off the soul, that soul feels like singing like a bird, you know. So this is the universal language we're talking about here. So anyway, and then in verse in verse fifteen, 
he's saying to the Lord, open my mouth and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Uh, And then he says, for you desire not sacrifice, else I would give it. And you do not delight in burnt offerings. These are actions of man. And he and showing that he does not delight in the actions of man. But here in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. And it says he will not despise a broken and contrite heart. And then in verse 18 and verse 19, he, he brings this wonderful psalm of repentance to a close. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. That means, I think he means the kingdom of God here. You know, keep the kingdom of God up and going as a going concern. In, in, In business, when things are set up to keep going, it's called a going concern. But they have to, we have to keep the kingdom of God going here. In verse 18, we are exhorted to do that. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. And then in verse 19, he concludes, Then thou shalt be pleased. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt offerings and whole of, and whole burnt offerings, then shall they offer bullets upon thine altar. So this is David, you know, this is what this is what David did and this is what we should emulate in this chapter where David is in the heat of sin and the heat of guilt right after it is our model for emulation when the same thing happens and it will happen to us. Yes. Yes. Whenever it happens. So David in repentance is our model. Not that David, not that David repented upon his own, but that Jehovah in his sovereign will granted repentance unto David so Amen, that right. he be our example. Praise God, brothers. Those are my thoughts. Brother Chris, talk to us. What do you think? Those, yeah, those right. are well, Mark. Those are well, Mark. Yeah. I just want to say that uh, in repentance, you know, we know we receive God. We don't accept Jesus, as it were, but God gives us exactly. incremental. The two, re- exactly. the two prerequisites of salvation you know, yeah. God incrementally shows us that we're one of his children, one of his elect, over time. Amen. It's not it's not microwave salvation like most churches right. and people want. But the other part, <laughs> now, this one here, this yes. repentance, you know, mm-hmm. if you... Now, back in David's day, it was okay to multiply wives. I don't know where the demarcation stopped, the line, and, and you couldn't, you know... A, you couldn't multiply wives anywhere, and that's a form of adultery. Because right. I guess David himself had. Oh, look at Solomon, three hundred wives. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it paid for itself. I mean, in in misery. Yes. Uh, yes. 
but, but in regard to repentance, if we have to repent, how much is enough repentance? I mean, where do you draw the line on, well, gee, Lord, did I repent enough? Did I report, did I repent not enough? Right. So I really right. think, I really have an understanding, I've come to understand that repentance uh, is something that God gives us, and we may fall into the same sin continually, but I don't think amen. we can ever truly repent to the level that will give us that weight off the shoulders that you were talking about. I don't think right. that's, I, I don't know. This is always, this has dogged me of late, this this I, idea of repentance and how much is enough repentance and did I repent enough? Right, right, right. So I just leave it to the Lord and, and he's, he hit the blood of Christ. I trust yeah. covers <laughs> covers my sins <clears throat> in case I haven't repented enough. <clears throat> That's right. Christ is interceding for his saints anyway, and therein lies our confidence, right. I think, is my answer on that one, is that Christ, it, it says that he is interceding for his elect saints, of which we are, of whose we are, and so therein should lie our confidence. Right, that's right. good. Yes, and, and there is no other mediator between God and man other than the man Christ Jesus. And Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so when we come to Christ and we confess our sins, he says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Before we go on, I do want to recognize all of our guests that are with us tonight, Ashley Kinney, Rob Pugh, Nina G. Mariano, Min Ben-Yuhe, uh, Carrie Tripp, Gary Shepard, Bob Hayden Jr., um, Prasad Rayo, um, and, of course, Rick Batoric. Welcome aboard, Rick. Good to have you with us. We appreciate all of you who have joined us for this uh, this Bible study. and. And I think every one of us, you know, I, I like what Brother Carl said in that this is this is this is applicable to all of God's children. There's Amen. not one of God's children that this is not applicable to. We all find ourselves from time to time um, succumbing to sin and, yes. and being drawn away of our own lust and enticements. It says in James. And I agree with brother I agree with brother Chris wholeheartedly when he says that I think it's a combination of two things I think and sometimes it's hard for us to discern between the two uh, brother Mark mentioned this earlier about how the, uh, Satan is the great accuser of the brethren and yes. so after we've our sins Satan will have try to have a heyday with us okay. Mm -hmm. Prior to us confessing our sins, it's the Holy Spirit's work to convict us of our sin and to bring us to a point of repentance. So, you know, it's it, to understand that line between when we are really truly sorrowful for our sin and the reconciliation yes. that takes place, and then when Satan begins to attack, we yes. can go back. We can go back to Satan and say, "Wait a minute." I've already confessed that sin. It's already under the blood of Christ, okay? And so the, the reality of it is, from a legal standpoint, 
Now, you know, I want to make sure that I I say this right because a lot of people have misunderstood this. But from a legal standpoint, mm-hmm. all sins have already been forgiven. Both past, present, and future sins have already been forgiven for God's love. Yeah, that's good right there. Yeah. Because he says he's cast them as far as away as from the east and the west and put in the sea of his forgetfulness. That's a hard one. How can God, who's omniscient, omnipresent, how can he forget our sins? Because he chooses to. You know, that's that's the only answer I have. What do you guys think? Amen, brother. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Well, I agree with that, and I think we're covered, like you said, uh, uh, future as well. We're going to inevitably commit even the same sin, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't—I don't think that's going to—that's going to unsave us. I, 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 I believe if you're, if you're truly saved, you're saved. I mean, you can't be unsaved. You can't lose your salvation if that's you're truly right. saved. Of course. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of people is if we have to meet some standard. Well, we can't meet any standard. The only thing yeah. we can do is sin. That's all we do. <laughs> That's all you we know, do. You said, That's said something earlier. You said something earlier, Chris, that I, I thought you put it very well. And I have had this experience, and I'm sure every one of us have. But when you uh-huh. stated that oftentimes when we sin, we just find stuff in the middle of it. Before we know it, we're doing it. And, yeah, that has been my experience. That is definitely, you nailed it, okay? And we look at it and we go, well, here we go again. Here I go again, Lord, you know? That's, yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes I have to say, wow, you know, I'm sure a slow learner. You would think after a while I wouldn't go back into the same hog trough, you know? <laughs> but, you know, the great thing about it is God is always merciful. He's always forgiving. Yes. Gracious. Yes. I'm afraid these sins are going to dog us for the rest of our days, brothers. It's just, yes. no, I mean, and daily we're going to have to, you know, repent pretty much the same, you know, if so. not the same yeah. sin, but, but the, yes. you know, a similar type uh, or whatever, you know, but... Uh, to praise God for removing the fl- the flesh, per se. You know, yeah, that right. is not, that used to be one of my problems. That, that's not a problem mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, I just ask the Lord, please take away the lust, you know, out of my life. I'm getting older. I don't, you know, and he, huh. he did. And that, that dogs most men, you know. Yeah. But, pra- but praise yeah, God, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't dog me yeah. like it used to, I'll tell you. Wonderful. You know, it's like it's like uh, we've said. You know, I had a guy say to me one time. He said, "What particular sin uh, is going to send you to hell?" <laughs> he said to me, "What particular sin?" And I said, "Wait a minute. <clears throat> um, my sins are not what send me to hell." Uh. Okay. I said, in fact, I said, you know, uh, I if if a person believes in the perfect sacrifice and substitutionary atonement of Christ, uh, uh-huh. all of those sins have been atoned for. Now, 
let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the reprobate okay um the the realization that the reprobate you know and, and this is this this people don't set too well with this but um mm-hmm. if you go back you know i've had even discussions with people over the title of, of the book that i wrote god does not love everyone but he does love his elect from everlasting to everlasting and people will say to me why would you ever title a book or part of the title god does not love everyone and i said well because it's the truth and they yeah. go i don't I, and people say well i don't believe that i believe that god does love everyone he died for the sins of the whole world blah 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 and so here's the question that i have to ask them i i will say to them look if i can show you in the bible one person that god says he doesn't love will that blow your argument that he doesn't love everyone and they uh-huh. go i don't want to talk they already know where i'm going they uh-huh. already know well they know i'm getting ready to head right over there to the ninth chapter romans and, the, yeah. and because of that usually what the armenian will say at that point is look i don't want to go there i don't want to hear it i only want to hear about god's love if i have to serve a god that hates any person any of his creation if i have to do that then that i don't want that kind of god well that tells you a lot about that person doesn't it yeah yeah but yet romans tells us the children not being born not having done any good or evil that the purpose of god according to election might stand jacob have i loved esau have i hated now that doesn't really hate that chapter i really love that chapter (laughs) yes it doesn't appeal to the flesh but it does it for God's elect, we love it because we know that is our that is our sure hope, uh, unconditional election. That God's yeah. the one that did all the work, and like Brother Chris always says, I didn't have a hand in it. Okay, <laughs> that's what I like about. It. Uh, well, well, you know, good. you know, brother, the the, the thing is that uh, as much as God hated uh, Esau, they don't like that. And they try to diminish it. Oh well, he just didn't like uh, Esau as much as he liked uh, uh, Jacob, or, or you know. But no, no, that's a that's a cop out. But the thing is, uh, God hated and had His people destroy civilizations outright. Yeah, I mean, this is just bigger than one man going to hell yes. or one woman. I mean, he took out the, uh, you know, at Jericho, or he took out. I mean, you can think of, of of the Jews taking the land after they came across the flood, you know, of uh, of the of the River Nile, you know, or, or what. And uh, no, God, I mean, there's instances, so many instances of of God setting the warfare of of His people. Those were His people, uh, you know, physically uh you know his elect uh but only on a world level you know and i think there are few elect from that group actually like like uh like uh joshua and moses and uh, you know a few that you can name but uh, again it's always a remnant by grace but again god used 
his own people to take out big civilizations. I haven't loved you because you're the biggest in number of a group right. of people, but because you're the smallest or what or what. He clarifies yes. that. But no, no, exactly. he's taken out uh, uh, groups of, of you know, <laughs> civilization. I mean, you're way at, beyond just taking out uh, I, uh, uh, Esau. You're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, I remember when I was just a, a preteen, one of the ministers came over to my dad's house one night and was contending with my dad over this issue about God not loving everyone and was taking, you know, setting forth the argument, you know, the John 3.16 and all of the other, taking taking everything out of context. And my dad said to the minister, he said, I've got one question for you and one question alone. And I'd watched my dad enough to know that, boy, when he nails them down to one question, look out, fella. But, he, I mean, here my, dad, here my dad was. He graduated from eighth grade, and here he's talking to a guy with a doctorate in theology. And this guy says, what, what, what's your question, Dale? And Dave, my dad says, well, my, my Bible tells me in the Old Testament that he tells the Israelites to go out and slay the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and he mentioned all of those. And he said, it says, slay them utterly. Don't leave a man or child alive. Now he said, do you believe that? And he said, yes, I, this minister said, yes, I believe that. And my dad says, isn't that a rather strange way for God to demonstrate his love? Uh-huh. <laughs> and this minister, like, he did not have a response. And that's the whole point. That's what Chris has just stated. God yeah. in his divine sovereignty has used the Israelites to slay literally thousands of those that were created as vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. Yes, yes. So... Well, this has been a really good um, uh, discussion tonight, and I think it's given us now. That being said, you know, the reprobate, their vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. By the way, according to Romans 1, all men are without excuse before God, okay? Yes. And that that includes the reprobate. Uh, That doesn't give the reprobate... um, and out just because he's a vessel of wrath fitted for destruction. I mean, <clears throat> the Bible says that God is going to turn them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are unseemly. It says what happens is they worship the cre- they worship the creature more than the creator. And, yeah, yeah. and it goes downhill from there. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard um, R.C. Sproul say one time, which I disagree with it, but it was a partial truth. He uh-huh. made the statement, all reprobates fit themselves as vessels of wrath fit for destruction. Well, there's a certain amount of truth that, but we have uh-huh. to go back to the originator of it. Yeah. Okay, the ori- originator of all things is God himself. Okay. That's right. Yep. And so, you know, like Mark Phillips read this morning in Proverbs that, the wicked were created for the day of evil. You know, there's yeah. no question about it. So, well, listen, uh, I appreciate you guys 
talking about this and, and sharing this with us. And uh, I hope that everyone listening can gain some insight. You know, when when we talk about the five points, the biblical points, total depravity, unconditional election, I like the term particular redemption rather than limited atonement because Christ atonement is not right. limited to those for whom he died for. Okay. Right. It is absolutely certain for those for whom he died for. Irresistible yeah. grace and the final perseverance of the saints. You yeah. cannot one of those points and remove it from all the other five points and it all shatters, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. They all hang on each other. You can't take one out. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And and limited atonement is the one they hate the most because it really takes it, it really takes it out of their grasp and uh, keeps it in God, God's, God's uh, control like it should be. Yeah, that's right. Uh, What do I bring to the table? Chaos, confusion, sin, and what does that preacher bring to the table? Yeah, that's right. You know, an ulterior motive to collect uh, uh, big money from uh, the the uh, the fat churchgoers that have that are loaded. You know, so he can uh, shake their hand and pat them on the back and get in his yeah. Cadillac and drive away. I mean, uh, yep. drive away to where? To hell? Yeah, on the wide road that leads to destruction. That's exactly right, brother Chris. You know, it's nice to be content with what the good Lord's given you, you know, that we make the most out of what he's given us because we'll have, we'll have, it'll be so, you know, I used to think, gee, if I could just be a doorman in heaven, at least I'm in heaven. But, but the Lord, Jesus is going to keep on his, I don't know to what degree, but he's going to heap on a lot of his, a lot of his glory onto us, like it or not, you know. Uh-huh. onto his elect and I mean that's right. just like an extra right. I'm not going to argue right. with him <laughs> well yeah. Anthony Anthony Mulamazui I'm hoping I'm saying that right Anthony Mulamuzi says to your comment Chris hallelujah <laughs> okay so he, uh, he he wholeheartedly agrees with you um, and I appreciate you being on board tonight Anthony as well and Rick Batoric has uh, given you some hearty amens to everyone tonight. And, Amen. you know, when we, we're in agreement with each other, when two or three are gathered together, the Lord is in the midst of us. Our Lord is there. Amen. Yes. A wonderful That's thing. That's good. Like a, a refilling, you know, every once a week or at least once a week, you know. You have this on uh, Wednesday. Do you have this on Wednesday as well? Wednesday night and Thursday night, yes. Wednesday and Thursday night, so good. Rick says... You can never Rick get is, enough, brothers. You can never get enough fellowship. You just can't. You know, that's it's, right. It's a Rick, desert. It's a desert, Rick, you know. Rick Batoric says, I guess that one angel... Killing those 186,000 people, he didn't like them as much either. He didn't like them very much either. So that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. That, that was yeah. Sennacherib. Yeah. Yeah. Sennacherib yeah. was the uh, 
uh, king of the, uh, oh boy, I can't think of the, but they thought they could take out uh, Israel and God intervened. And one angel of God took out that 185,000. Wow, uh, yeah. All dead, all dead soldiers of the of the heathen. Yep, yep. That's yeah, what uh, God tells, uh, like the original situation with Abraham, and God tells him, you know, to go in there and kill the Canaanites, basically. The same right. kind of yeah, thing. yeah. He only had three hundred and eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and remember the prophets that said if he, uh, when he had his eyes open and he saw literally thousands and thousands of angels, he said, that's where that song came from. There's more with us than be with them. We're on the winning side. Yeah. Mountains abound and chariots abound. We're trusting alone in thee. The devil may boast and marshal his host fight in the battle array, but with Christ in the lead, we're sure to succeed. We're certain he's won the day. And then he says, there's more with us than be with him. Lord, open our eyes to see. The Amen. mountains are around. The chariots abound. We're trusting alone in thee. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot. There's We have more on our side with the host of heaven and his angelic yeah. host than all of the, you know, I saw something that Mark likes to do different studies. My son likes to do different studies on different countries. And yesterday we were studying China. Do you know that there are 10 cities in China that have over 5 million people in each of those cities? I mean, it's amazing. And do you know that right now China has 1,360,000,000 people? China has 200,000,000 foot soldiers. But I'm here to say to China or to Russia or to Israel or any country, that doesn't mean anything to God, okay? God's hosts are stronger than any of the largest, strongest military in the world, okay? That's right. Well, I think we've come to a conclusion. We're coming to the top of the hour, and I want... I want to thank both of you guys for participating tonight. And like we said, we will be back Wednesday night. We're starting a a study on the five points. And we're going to be using authorized King James Version of the Bible for our study. The first uh, Wednesday night, we're going to start out with total depravity, which is nothing more than what we've been talking about, the fact that we're born and conceived in sin, we're dead in our trespasses in sin, we're totally depraved, and we're going to be talking about that Wednesday night. Now, we'll be on at 5 o'clock. <clears throat> That's really 3 o'clock Chris's time. We do it an hour early. We do it an hour early, Chris, on on Wednesday and Thursday so we can accommodate Rick Batoric if he can join us. So uh, it'll be 3 o'clock. Yeah, 3 o'clock your time on uh, Wednesday and, and Thursday. We... Um, we, um, aren't we finishing the last half of the last chapter, Brother Larry? No, we got through it. Oh, we did? Oh, that's right. That's right. You remember? <laughs> now I remember. Yes, that's right. We did. I decided, we did. I decided, I decided to go ahead and press through it so we could kind of that's start right. a new chapter. 
Very little. Did. Right. Crash guy. I didn't, I didn't want okay. to run it into the ground. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you guys for any final comments before I close the broadcast out. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, Chris, you have any final thoughts, comments, anything you have to say, feel free to, to say it, and then I'll turn it over to Mark. Go ahead, Brother Chris. Well, I just appreciate everyone's patience and the teaching of you know of you brothers you know what you brought to the table it's uh it, it you know it's uh it can be an eye opener to most and uh and uh build our faith with some amen brother thank you thank you uh yes i'm sure i can speak for brother larry but if it wasn't for the lord's enablement to do this we couldn't do it so I'm pretty sure I speak for Brother Larry that the Lord's enablement is what allows us, is what enables us to do it. We ourselves couldn't, you know, do this without yeah. enabling us in a divine way through a through the agency of the Holy Spirit to do this. So that being said. I wish to thank all of our saints. I've been bombarding you with prayer requests at the beginning and closing of every uh, these last few times. And I wish to ask the saints to please continue to pray for the Phillips family at this time of loss that they're going through. And I would ask the saints to please continue to pray for Brother Carl Roberts out on the river tonight and that God would keep that boat leak-free and on top of the water, and that God would cause him to cause his crewmates to treat him with respect, and for a spirit of comfort for brother for sister for sister uh, for sister Babs at home alone. Well, she's waiting for Brother Carl to come back. And I pray, this is a main item, please, saints, keep praying for Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage, to come out of religion into true faith from a true gospel, out of organized, out of the falsehood of organized religion for Reba Sandage, Brother Carl's mom. So with that, saints, thank you for for lifting up these prayer requests in your private times, as I, as do I, and may Jehovah, the God of our comfort, may Jehovah, our God, meet you at the point of our need, as he will. You can bank on it. God bless you, saints, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, I want to read... <clears throat> something that Anthony wrote to to us just now. He wants me to share this. He says, I am very thankful for you guys for the wonderful word of God you shared with us. I'm not so much into the Bible, but this has been, he really is very grateful. He said uh, he, he really appreciates it. He's from Uganda in Africa. I also want to remember brother, our brother Mark Kennedy and our brother Chris Dernerin. Um, yes. They're both single. They need the prayers of God's people just like everyone else. So I ask you to remember these brothers. 
Also remember our brother Rick Batoric. Um, and also remember brother um, uh, Ashley Kenny from Australia, who is a faithful um, saint and become a beloved friend. And uh, we remember all of our Facebook uh, people and ask that God would touch them and, and open his word to them. And we also remember all the people that listen on Sermon Audio as well as on YouTube. So with that, I'm going to conclude this broadcast out and welcome everyone back up Wednesday night at 5 o'clock Central Time as we start the new yes. subject on the depravity of man. So with that, I'm going to say good night to everyone. Good night, saints. God bless you. Love you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.